ma 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 You're going to be glad you stayed with it and who you stayed with. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, if you can't, if you can't preach after that, you just, you just ain't called. <laughs> yeah, that's all that is. Amen. What a privilege and an honor to be in this house once again hallelujah it's a privilege I go to a lot of places but again when you find your tribe where you find I mean like precious faith there's nothing like it nothing like it and uh, your pastors are such hospitable host. I'm, I'm just telling you. And I, you know, I, I watch online. I, I hear what's being said down here. Right? You ain't, you ain't getting baloney and cheese down here. Nothing wrong with baloney and cheese. I'm from Kentucky. You understand? But I'm talking about when you have options. Filet mignon. Prime rib. The word of the Lord came to me over there. And God said this. You've entered into your prime. And it's now prime time. And this property, he's going to make it prime property. You're going to have other properties in St. Pete, but he's going to make this prime property. And he's going to tell you what to do with it when it's time but he said this you've entered into your prime and it's prime time so I would get me a prime rib today or whatever <laughs> right I'm just telling you now I'm not I'm not I'm not schooled in the English language very well but Prime, to me, means uh, that place of the best. The best. You know, uh, uh, when uh, professional athletes are in their prime. Listen, that's when they set records. You about to set records. <laughs> Heaven's recording it and earth is gonna record it. You have entered into your prime.
the power of God. Come here. Come here. Prime in Jesus' name. If it's happening to them, it's happening to you. Shout. Where's my Air Force? Where's my Air Force buddy? Stand up. Step out here. What's your name? Larry Jordan. Larry Jordan, where are you from? Little Rock, Arkansas. I knew you wasn't from here. What branch was you? I mean, what what was your AFSC? AFSC, I was uh, 41352. I was a 41352. I was a 4-3-1-5-2. R&R, C5s. Lift your hands to heaven. God wants to touch you. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, touch my brother right here. In Jesus' name, something going on inside here that God's going to fix, okay? I don't know what's happening here, but God does. And he's going to fix it. Power on you, Jesus' name. It's okay, man. It's okay. It's okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. What's going on in here? What, what, do you know a condition that you have in here? Okay. Good. You won't ever know about it. But something inside here God wanted to touch in your stomach area. Save you from going to the VA hospital. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 We just getting started real good. I feel like prophesying all over the house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, Mama Alberta. Come up here. Let them see your pretty face. Doesn't she look good? This is my prime rib. You know, Adam only, I mean, God only took one rib out of Adam. And there weren't spare ribs. We better get a hold of that, people. I learned that a long time ago. It was only one rib, not spare ribs. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, it is fun. <laughs> it is such fun being back here. It's it's just like it's home. You know, I don't ever look at it anything else. 
at home, but uh, when when Pastor Jonathan was talking about precious moments, and he said, you know, you read that book, it's it's, it's powerful, and it doesn't have all the testimonies of the very beginning. Um, but and they were they were we we, <laughs> you know, I said to Pastor Philip, I said, honey. Jonathan said that, you know, made him cry. I said, we did a lot of crying making those moments. Hallelujah. But it was wonderful. But I just wanted to read a verse that has taken me from the very beginning of my walk with God. Uh, Because when I got born again, I had a fried brain. And my brain wasn't all that smart before I got born again or I probably would have never got into drugs the way I did I don't know there's a lot of people that have good brains that are frying them with drugs anyway but in Acts chapter 4 and if we could put this verse up Acts chapter 4 and verse 3 is so powerful 13 oh I'm sorry verse 13 Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. I mean, I could not read people when I got born again. I could not read, okay? I had a fried brain. That wasn't all that together before I got born again. I don't remember any years in school. I didn't go to college. I don't even know how I got out of high school. I don't remember the years in high school. I just got passed through because I was a cute little girl all those years. And when I found this verse, I said, you know, Pastor Phillips' brother is brilliant. And I said, I'm smarter than he is. <laughs> you, led him to, you led him to the Lord. I did lead him to the Lord. I did. He was, he was a heathen from hell that didn't know he was. But when you know and when you're with Jesus, I mean, that's all you need. That's all you need. I'm not saying just Jesus and me. No. But when you get into the Word of God, and the Holy Ghost taught me how to read, I still till today don't really read anything. I gotta get going. Yes, okay. I just had to share that with you. We've been together 32 years. (laughs) I could preach. I love you all, and I'm so thrilled to be here. You may be seated. Thank you, guys. What about your band back here, huh? They doing good. Hallelujah. Uh, it's my understanding we're having another service tonight. Right? And so, uh, because it's November, and, I, and we get to celebrate 20 years with you, right? Yeah. And you have officially entered your prime. I'm going to give you a glimpse 
into 2019 and 2020. 2019 this morning and 2020 tonight. The Lord began to speak to me about 2019. I wasn't asking him. Just like what happened with 2018. We were on Island of Bonaire. He started talking to me about 2018, the revealing year. I wasn't asking him. And I, and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, why are you telling me these things uh, early? When I was first learning the prophetic, I would prophesy and my church group would get all excited, but it wouldn't come into fruition for at least two years. We were two years ahead of everything going on. See? But as time closes, see, God wants to show us things to come and bring those things to come into the now. Yes, sir. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and don't say tomorrow. Forever is yesterday, today. My wife, Alberta, came to me, oh, this a few years back, and she said, honey, honey, when it's one, when it's one of those honeys, it's money. <laughs> and she said it was it was like uh october november and she found this coat and this, it was kind of pricey and she said uh, would you buy that for me she wanted it now and so she used her birthday in january to pull it into the now How many of you know we can pull heaven into the now, right? And I said, no, I ain't buying you that for your birthday. I'll buy you that because I love you. You can get you something else for your birthday. Yeah. So what... In years past, when I'd prophesy, and it would take a couple years for it to come into being, now the Lord's saying, I want you to prophesy because I, I need a voice so people that are on the leading edge can pull it into their now and they don't have to wait. See? So, uh, if you got your Bibles, go to Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8. Let me know when you're there by saying hallelujah. hallelujah. Let's put our eyes on verse number 3. It says, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man 
that you visitest him. Now I want to I want to I want to I want to show you something about God. If you don't know God's MO, if you don't know his method of operation, if you don't know him, how he does things, then you can miss a lot of what God wants to do for you. And so uh, God loves to visit. 2019 is going to be the year of visitation. Now understand, he, he'll, he'll give the prophet of this house a word for the, the, the uh, local church, and we make a prophetic bouquet out of that and go on. So I'm not saying I'm the only voice, you know, and that's the way it is. But what the Lord spoke to my heart is that 2019 is the year of visitation. But now, see, we don't have to wait for 2019 to come to experience visitation. Now, see, when I was growing up, we didn't have cell phones. Matter of fact, we had a phone on the wall. And it was a party line. It was a party line. So if Miss Rice was on the phone and she'd be talking all day, you'd finally have to, you'd finally have to you know, click. Right? If that didn't work, you know, then Mama get on there and say, uh, Miss Rice, we got, we got to make a phone call because we're on the party line. Well, see, because we had phones like that and didn't have cell phones, somebody just come over to visit. They just come over to visit. They just, your car pull up out front. Right? And, you know, mom, mom be saying, uh, you know, pick, the, pick, pick all them toys up and get them diapers, get them diapers out of the sink and all that because we had foster kids, you know. Because somebody just dropped by. Now, now we text. Are you there yet? Right? Matter of fact, that's how we visit. See? And visitations can either be a blessing or a cursing. Dependent on the motive of the person visiting. The thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. See? And so he, 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 he's bringing a cursing. But the Lord, when he visits, he's bringing blessing. Now, now follow this because uh, God, this is normal for God to visit with his people. Most Christians, most Christians, you know, they, they, they stop at being born again. They stop at, I'm on my way to heaven. I'm just passing through, just trudging through. I'm just a pilgrim. And they don't understand that God wants to visit. I'm not talking about a praise service like we just had and the presence of the Lord come in here so sweet like it is. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a visitation. And if you don't understand visitation, you can look in the Old Testament and see when the glory cloud came down. Come on now. God, he has never, he, he says, I'm a God and I change not. Right? It, matter, matter of fact, if you go to, uh, hold your place here, and go to Genesis. 
all the way back at the beginning in chapter 3. God likes to just drop in. See? I'm talking about supernatural encounters. And he, and he, and he just don't have to visit, uh, you, you know, you because you're, wa you're walking with God. There's going to be some visitations on them rebellious children. Come on now. In Genesis chapter 3, we see the devil making a visit. Remember that? And, you know, he, he uh, beguiles Eve into eating from the tree. Correct? We don't have to go through all that. And uh, they eat from the tree. And in verse 7, And the eyes of them both were open. They knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God Walking in the garden in the cool of the day. All right, here, now, now the Lord shows up for a visit. Right. Yes. Now you better catch this. They cannot see him anymore. The visitation of the Lord comes and they can't see it. All they can do is hear his voice and they hide. And... Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. See, there's a lot of people, uh, they get real nervous even when the presence of the Lord starts moving in the service. See, you know what, y'all shouting and carrying on and praising the Lord? There's a whole lot of people, you know, they'd be looking on how to get out of here. Because they think you're nuts. They think you're crazy. Well, I tell you what, when God starts visiting his people, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shock your soul. Come on, sir. You're going to be wondering, is this God or not? But it's going to line up with God's Word, right? God likes to visit His people. It's normal. See? Now, back over in the Psalms. It says here, What is man that you are mindful of him? Now, we got, we, got, we got to get this cleared up here. If you look at the top of your Bible, it says a Psalm of David. So David was the one that downloaded this by the Holy Ghost, right? But it's not David that is thinking, what is man? For instance, over in the book of Luke, you have uh, Gabriel talking to Mary how she's going to conceive child but Luke wrote it Luke 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 probably wasn't even born yet see but yet the Holy Ghost moved on him and he downloaded what an angel was saying you following this right and so in in Psalms uh, Chapter 8 here, who is this that is saying, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Well, now watch this. And what is man that thou visitest him? It's got to be somebody that's looking at God 
and sees God thinking about man. And then they see God leave and visit. It's got to be somebody close. See? Right? And then it goes on to say, verse 5, For you made him a little lower than the angels. Now, now follow this, because uh, you've been well taught here that that Hebrew word is Elohim. That it's, not, it's not angels. It's really you made him a little lower than God. So this person, under whoever is talking here rather, understands that God thinks about man, he visits man, and recognizes that God made man just a little lower than himself. Now, how would man know that left to himself? See? So if we leave our place here, uh, hold it, and go to Hebrews chapter 2. This is good when you understand what's going on. God wants to visit us. Why not now? Why not today? See? Mess your beach plans up. Now watch this in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 2. Matter of fact, as, you, as we close out of chapter 1, it talks about, but to which of the angels, verse 13, said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies thy footstool. None of them. None of them. Are they angels? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who should be heirs of salvation? Yes. So it goes on to say uh, in verse number Five of chapter 2. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. So who are we talking about here? Angels. And they've been put into subjection. Right? Now watch. Verse 6. But one... In a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? One what? Angel. One angel. One angel. See? And verse 7, You made him a little lower than the angels. Thou crowned him with glory and honor, did set him over the works of your hands. You put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put in all in subjection under him. He left nothing that's not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Now, watch this. I, I, I've shared this here before, but I'm going to say it again. Before Adam sinned, before Adam was created, God, angels. Come on. Yes, sir. Right? Then all of a sudden, God gets to thinking. Yes, sir. 
Let us make man in our image. Right? Right? Now, these angels have watched God create sun, moon, and stars. Right? They've watched God do all this. And then they still, they still good because it's God, angels. And then in the angelic realm, you have principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, and heavenly places. Then the Bible lets us know whether there's more than that. We don't know, but it lets us know about three archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer, correct? Right? And we understand from past teachings that Lucifer uh, was, was actually in the throne room. And uh, he was the anointed cherub and had, had instruments built into him. He, he led, he led, I got a name for that choir. Higher Desire Choir. The Higher Desire Choir. But y'all do with it what you want. But uh, in heaven, he was in charge of worship. He was in charge of praise, right? And so everything's cool because when, when Lucifer comes on the scene, he, he's, he's beauty and perfection. And, and he's, he's the one. I mean, come on. He's, he's an archangel. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, what is man? Adam's created, and all of a sudden, God and angels, there's somebody put in between. And not just put in between, just a little lower. Come on. Just a little lower than God himself. But when we just read the New Testament, it says Jesus was made a little lower than the angels. See, is there a mix-up? See, now watch this, watch this. Here we go. God up here, Adam right here, angels down here, before Adam sinned. Soon as Adam sinned, God here, angels back there, and man down here. So when it says Jesus was made a little lower than the angels, he had to come down where fallen man was to take fallen man and bring him back up to a little lower than Elohim. You catching that? So what we see out of Hebrews 2 then, who is talking in Psalms chapter 8 is Lucifer himself. Come on now. I will ascend on high. I will be like the most high. All that stuff. Remember that? Now, back, back to Psalms 8 now. Now that we got that clarified. So, back to verse 3, understanding that it's a devil. When I consider the heavens. In other words, he's doing some comparison. I mean, he, we see the sun, moon, and stars from where we're at. They saw it being created. I mean, they, 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 they can go visit 
certain places. And 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 and, 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 and he, the devil don't the devil don't understand because he's comparing. Come on, sir. See, that's where that comparing thing comes from. Trying to get you to compare yourself with so and so and so and so. No, no, the Bible says he that compares himself with somebody else is not wise. Your comparison comes with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're a joint heir. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're a new creation more than conquer, overcomer. Right? So he says, when I consider. And he, and, and, and see, you know that the universe is created in such an astounding way that angels look at it and say, whoo, look at that. See, right? And so he goes to the highest level of creativity to compare, why is God thinking about man all the time? Used to be I'd come in the throne room and, and God would say, hey, Lucifer, uh, play that song for me. Now I go in there and he's like, And Lucifer's like, and, and God's like, Pastor Jonathan and Kim, exceeding grace, Christian sinner. Psalms 115, well, let's go, hold your place here. Psalms 115, let's see what's on God's mind. <laughs> Come on now. Y'all jumping ahead of me. <laughs> Psalms 115, are you there? Yes, Verse 12. Yes. The Lord hath been mindful of us. Yes. Now, mindful. mindful. Not just a little trace here. You know how your mind is full when you got that pressure on you. And you casting down, casting down, casting down, speaking the word, your mind being hit, right? Where do you think that's coming from? The devil, right? So when your mind is full, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed, right? See, I'm going to help somebody right here. There's two kinds of being tired. Somebody going to get an answer right here. Two kinds of being tired. One, you need sleep. Another one, you need peace. And so when you need, <laughs> when you need in peace and you're trying to sleep, it ain't happening. That's why you wake up and you're still tired. That's a free one. The Lord had been mindful of us. What's, what's on his mind? He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and his children. So what is on God's mind? Is blessing. Yes. 
What is man that thou art mindful of him? See? Now go back, go back to Psalms 8. <laughs> the devil, see, he, he, he got instantly jealous of man. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and stars which you have ordained, how's this man get in there? How come you always thinking about him? And then, and then you just leave the throne, you go visit him. You leave me here all by myself. Come on now. Now watch this. You're going to get a revelation. For you hath made him. <laughs> you hath made him. In other words, you made the son. Can't nobody stop that. You made the moon. Can't nobody stop that. You made the star, can't nobody stop that. You made man, can't nobody stop that. You better catch this. The only, the only thing the devil got is deception. That is all he has. See, we give him too much power. See, but deception is all he has. Now, if you buy into that deception, you can, you can access demonic power and see some supernatural manifestation. But it all starts out with deception. With the believer, it all starts out with reception. Receiving what God has said, and then power shows up if you use it properly. See? Now, watch this. <laughs> What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you made him a little lower than yourself. Yeah. Now watch this. And you crowned him oh with glory and honor. Now that, that's a Hebrew word, crowned, altar. Look at, it, look at it up on the screen. To encircle for either attack or protection. See, when you, when you read about the crown of righteousness and all this stuff in, in the Bible, it's talking about being encircled. Now watch this. You better watch this. That, he says, you crowned him. In other words, when God made man, he gave the angels an assignment. Now, I just made this man. I don't want nothing happening to him. So, uh, Lucifer, Gabriel, Michael, all the gang, uh, here's your assignment. Protect. Are they not all ministering spirits? All of a sudden, he goes from being the big cheese. You understand big cheese? To where now whatever Adam says. 
Whoa, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. <laughs> Ain't no man gonna tell me what to do. I'm the big cheese. See? 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 <laughs> Woo! You catching this? So it wasn't like you just crowned him with glory and honor. No, you took me from the throne room. You took me from what? From, from just being the, the, the leader of the pack to now I'm subject. And I don't get it because the sun, moon, stars is brilliant. Can you imagine all of that before the fall? The Bible lets us know, and you studied out, the stars sang. Music coming out. You, you, see, we're trying to get to the sound surround where, you know, God already had it. God already had it. See? You didn't, you didn't have to adjust anything. Ah, come on now. See? And all of a sudden, here's a man. And we got an assignment. See? So we got to find a way to stop all this. Because not only is God thinking about man all the time, he likes to be with him. Have you ever wondered why you and I are going to live eternally with God? It's not, hey, it'd be good just to live eternally with no sin. But God wants us with him. See? He wants us to be where he is. He wants to be where we are. But he's a holy God. That's why in the Old Testament, after the fall, there had to be all these different ways of God visiting his people. But now you and I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we can position ourselves for a visit. Yes, we can. We can position ourselves. I've had visitations from God. I've been taken to heaven in 1996. That was a visitation. Jesus sat down in my car 2015. See? I've, I've heard God's audible voice six times. See? I've been in Holy Ghost meetings where the visitation of God showed up and all of us were just out under the power of God. I'm talking about visitations. God showing up. Now there's five things that happen when God visits his people. Put number one up there. 
Number one, breakouts. Supernatural breakouts occur. You're not going to have a visitation from God and that not happen. Otherwise, it's not a visitation. Whenever God visits his people, supernatural breakouts occur. Number two, when God visits, prophetic words are given and or fulfilled. See? And tonight, I'll, I'll be getting into more of the prophetic. Number three, seasons shift. There you were in one season of your life. It might have been a season of heaviness. It might have been a season of trial. It might have been a season where you're just standing with everything you got within you and a visitation from God and you woke up the next morning. Hey! See? Number four. New things are brought to birth. I brought to birth. I brought to birth. We're not talking about conceiving them. We're talking about actually manifestation. This is what happens in a visitation. Number five, chain reactions happen. Chain reactions happen. In other words, you ready for this? God visits you with a visitation because he wants to make you a visitation. Bible says, uh, when, did you, when, when, when did you come to me? Remember when he was saying, uh, you, you didn't visit me? But to visit the, the, the sick and the ones in prison and and, and uh, so on and so forth about uh, visit the widow and those that are in affliction. He ain't talking about going over and saying, how you doing? I brought you an apple pie. <laughs> He's talking about bringing a visitation. That's right. go, go, go to uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter 23. Hold your place here. Let me find that. Jeremiah 23, I think it's. Yeah, Jeremiah 23, verse 2. This is talking about pastors. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people, you've scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings. Now, out of that, out of that, see, you know, uh, being raised in the United Methodist Church, you know, about uh, twice a year, you know, uh, mom say, clean the house up, pastor coming over today. Come on, sir. And what's he coming over here for? He's coming to visit. So we'd have to have, I mean, when the pastor came to our house, it was work. <laughs> we had to be on our best behavior and it was work. Yeah. And it didn't look like he was leaving nothing for us. <laughs> as, a, as a young preacher, 
I started that church up there in Frankfurt. Well, you know, you got to visit, you got to visit the sheep. So there I am. I'd preach Sunday morning, and you know, they'd lining up. All right, Pastor, come over, come over to my house. I'd go over there, and you know, they'd have this uh, Kentucky cooking meal. You know, and I'd, I'd eat one plate. And see, in, in, in Kentucky etiquette, whether you're hungry or not, you've you got to eat a second plate. That's etiquette. Y'all looking at me strange. You all eat second plate anyhow. Look. <laughs> etiquette down here, third plate, fourth plate. And you got to understand, their plates are heaping, right? So there I am, visiting. And then they always ask me, you know, difficult questions about the Antichrist or something. You know, I'm sitting there straining, you know, or, or explain. they're telling me all their ideas on how to grow the church and all this stuff. And I, in my, inside, I'm thinking how to get ready at that time for the evening service. So there I'd waddle out in the pulpit in the evening trying to be anointed, visiting God's people, right? And the Lord finally said, what are you doing? I'd get up in the evening service and just, where's the, where's the anointing at, right? And I'd have to sit there and just, you know, tell the people I'm fasting. That way I didn't have to visit. See, and so uh, the Lord opened my eyes. Said that ain't what, what what that's talking about. It's talking about the pastor getting in front of God, spending time with God, so that when he comes in front of his people, that God can visit his people through the man or woman of God, and there's a visitation. See, I said okay, got it right. Right? So what is man that thou art mindful of him? Are you, are you still with me? Back, back in Psalms 8. <laughs> this is really what really provokes the devil. What is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? For you made him a little lower than yourself. And then you gave me the assignment to protect him and attack anything that tries to attack him. You made him to have, verse 6, you made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And you put all things. You put me under his feet. Now, come on now. How many of you know the heel of the woman shall bruise the head of Satan? Are you following this? Okay, now let's move on. Let's leave Psalms 8. Now that you know that it's normal for God to visit. And you and I should be wanting and having visitations of God. 
It shouldn't be this thing. You know, you have, you, have a, you have a move of God over here, and all of a sudden oh, the body of Christ runs over there. Then you have an outbreak over here, the body of Christ runs over there. And then you got this happening over here, and they're all called revivals. They're visitations in an extended period. See, God's bringing it back to the local church. But you and I have to recognize that he, he wants a visitation. He wants to visit with you more than you want to visit from him. You are the most important thing. He can make, he can make, he can, he can, he can make anything he wants, anytime he wants, except man. He made Adam and Eve, and then, and then he hung up making man. Yeah, we can say, we can say we're fearfully and wonderfully made because God knew when he formed Adam in, in the garden that you were going to be here in 2018, how you would look, and that you would be either male or female. According to your birth certificate. Right. Right. And so, and so once he put that in motion, once he put it in motion, then it was inevitable. It was left up to man to multiply, be fruitful and multiply. Are you following this? Okay. Now, in Luke chapter 19... Verse 41. Luke 19 and verse 41. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things, the things which belong unto your peace. But now they're hid from your eyes. Now remember the things that belong to your peace. There are things that belong to your peace. You don't have no peace when you're working on that car every other week to get back and forth to work. Come on now. You don't have no peace when you're having to call the landlord up again and tell him, I know we're two weeks late, but uh, uh, we got some money coming in here. And, and, and you don't have no peace, even though God's working with you and, and, and seeing you through, it still rattles you when you read Scripture and see you're supposed to have more than that. Come on now. And you've sowed for more than that. Right? Now watch this. If you had known even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto your peace... But now are they hid from your eyes? You can't see it. For the day shall come upon thee that their enemy shall cast a trench about thee, encompass thee round about, compass thee around and keep thee in on every side. Now wait a minute. We we got angels that's supposed to be around us. That's supposed to be protecting us. But Jesus said, hey, there's gonna come a time. When the things that belong to your peace, you ain't going to have it. 
because you ain't seeing what you're supposed to see properly. And so where you're supposed to be surrounded with a hedge of protection, you got enemies surrounding you instead. And he tells us why. Verse 44, and shall lay thee even with the ground and your children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. Here's the reason why. Because you knew not the time of your visitation. He's talking about himself. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. So God sends a visitation through a man. Somebody sensitive enough to God's leading and spirit, God's going to use to visit his people. Now once the visitation starts, that man can get thrown out under the power or whatever, you know, and... God just take over the whole thing, but God's going to use a man. What is man? That they aren't mindful of him. You following this? So it says you didn't know the time. The time of your visitation. So God's telling me 2019, which we can pull into 2018, is a time... A visitation. Follow this now. That God on his watch had already had preset 2019 as visitation time. Now there's been visitations all along the way. But we're talking, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking more than just exceeding grace, Christians. In we're talking more than just faith, victory, church. We're talking about in this world, God's about to visit people in a way that's going to shake the powers of darkness and shake people out of complacency, shake people out of their pain, shake people out of their debt. Shake people out of their attitudes. Shake people out of whatever. See? A visitation. A visitation. See? So God has timings with his visitation. Are you seeing this? But see, you and I have to know it's not wrong to... Desire a visit. It's not goofy. It's not getting off the faith life to ask for a visit. Matter of fact, without a visit, we're not going to know certain things that pertain to our peace. You can read this book from cover to cover. You can sit there and, and, and revelate and revelate. See, but without a visitation, when the 120 were in the upper room, they were reading the book. They were revelating. This scripture must needs be fulfilled. Right? But boy, I tell you what, they had a visitation. 
They had a visitation. Come on. Come on, they had a visitation. That visitation blew them out of the upper room. And all of a sudden, things came alive. All of a sudden, what they were experiencing, things that pertained to their peace, became apparent. So much, I mean, there they are staggering around. People saying, look, these folk are drunk. And Peter, standing up, he didn't sit, he didn't have his Bible out in front of me. And then he didn't sit there and he, all of a sudden, through the visitation, prophecy was fulfilled. And he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Come on, somebody. In a visitation. Hallelujah. Okay. Now. Go to Psalms, again, 106. Because if you and I will start crying out for a visitation, crying out loud. I'm not talking about tears. I'm talking about a cry from the depth of your spirit that you want, you want God to visit you as much as he wants, that you're mindful of him. And you want you <laughs> you want to visit him as much as he wants to visit you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. God visited me in the Cliff House. I was raised under a merchant marine dad, and uh, uh, just he he loved war movies. He'd come home from second shift, and he'd, he'd turn on that late-night war movie. And I'd sneak at the top of the steps and look down and watch it with him. I think he knew I was there, but he, he didn't say nothing. But he was very strict, very strict. And uh, I never once heard him say that he loved me. To him, love was... You got food to eat. You got a roof over your head. You got clothes to wear. That's that that and you know, you know, that's that that's good. I had that. Never once hugged me. Never once uh uh well he came to one ball game that I played. The worst game I had of the whole time. <laughs> Leading the scorer on the basketball team, and there I am, I scored seven points that night. Couldn't hit nothing. I, I was always able to block out the fans in the stands except that night when my dad was there. See? And uh, for him to come to that game, Mom begged him. See? And so in that cliff house, Alberta, Mom Alberta had gone into town to get something. And I was there by myself and I'm laying on the couch and... Uh, God walked in. I fell into a trance. When I say a trance, I had no uh, use of my body. Uh, I wasn't seeing out of my natural eyes, but I was seeing the house perfectly. And Father God walked in there. He put one arm under my, like you would raise, a, lift a sleeping kid up. 
and one under the legs, and he carried me through that little house from the living room all the way back to the worship room, probably 35, 40 feet, the entire house. The worship room was the second bedroom. We turned into a worship room where I had my guitars and music. We'd go in there and just worship the Lord. He, he walked me through that, brought me back in, laid me down on the couch, and when he laid me down, I was totally, totally, totally delivered from rejection. That's what happens in a visitation. Now watch this. You can get delivered from rejection by the Word of God. Right? 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 Many of us have. Right? Well, I'll tell you what. I like that. When Jesus spoke to me in an audible voice, 16 July 1988, 2.30 on a Saturday afternoon, cocaine running around my brain, volumes in my veins. In the middle of a divorce with Mama Alberta, contemplating killing her so I could keep the money and start my rock and roll career. I had a visitation. Philip, you don't need anybody but me. Get down on your knees and give your life to me. What five drug programs couldn't do, what the military couldn't do, what the judicial system couldn't do, what my family and friends couldn't do, what my wife couldn't do, what I couldn't do. I didn't know anything about whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I didn't know anything about know the truth and truth will make you free. I had a visitation. And instantly, totally delivered from drugs, totally delivered from alcohol, totally delivered from pornography, and instantly, instantly in love with my wife. That, my folks, is a visitation. Hey! Come on now. God shows up. You ain't leaving away. You ain't walking away empty. No, 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 no. No. See, and when you and I understand that he wants to do that individually, corporately, right? Look out. Look out. Look out. See, we, we, we brag big about God in church. Come on now. God's like, hey, get me, get, get me, get beyond, get beyond the church. I'm ready to do some things out, out there. Visitations. Visitations. Come on now. Visitations. Glory to God. Ha. It'll, it'll, it'll rock your world. Are you in Psalms 106? Yes, sir. Look at verse 4. Remember me, O Lord, with your favor that you bear us unto thy people. Now watch this. Oh, visit me with your salvation. Now, if, if wanting a visitation is getting goofy, then why is, why, why is it right here you can petition? Oh, visit me. 
with your salvation. Come on now. And look at the three things in verse number five. That I may see the good of thy chosen. That I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation. And that I may glory with thine inheritance. Those three things are all wrapped up in a visitation. Folks, as for me and my house, visit me. Come on now. Are you, are you guys still all right? All right. <laughs> Let me show you this real quick because we got service tonight. And tonight we're going to get wild. All right. Let me show you real quick nine things that happen when visitation. And we already looked at five things, but I'm talking about nine things that you and I can expect that will that will uh, be involved in those five main things that happen. Right. The supernatural breakouts, the prophetic words are given, seasons are shifted, new things are brought to birth, chain reaction happens. Right? Now watch this. Zephaniah, real quick. Zephaniah 2, 7. And the coast shall be for the remnant of the house of Judah. They shall feed them, feed thereupon. In the house of Ashkelon shall they lie down in the evenings for the Lord. Their God shall visit them. Now look what happens. And turn away their captivity. Captivity. I've shared that here before. I've been held captive 20 times. <laughs> and when you're, <laughs> when you're held captive, they tell you how far you can walk. They tell you what to wear. They tell you what to eat. They tell you uh, when the lights are out. Mm. And, and all that. And so you, in, you find yourself in this cell. And, and as much as you, you come up, there you, are. there you are. In other words, captivity is limits. 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 When God shows up, limits are broken. The limits are taken off. See? Here's how we limit God. Right here. This is our limiter. Number two, uh, Psalm 60, uh, Jeremiah 27 and verse 22. They shall be carried to Babylon and there they shall be until the day that I visit them, saith the Lord. Then will I bring them up and restore them to their place. Here's what happens when God visits his people. Restoration to that place. There's a place you're supposed to be at. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You may have had a setback. You, uh, somebody else might have uh, uh, lied about you, cheated about you, or you had somebody that, you know, just uh, uh, did evil towards you, or you went through some ugly divorce, or, or, or uh, uh, a judge ruled against you, or, or, or this sickness just ate up your finance, or whatever. God knows where you're supposed to be in this place at 2000, November 11, 2018. He knows exactly where your destiny is supposed to be. And he knows how to get everything that belongs to you in that place. And it comes through a visitation. Hallelujah. So quit scratching on the lottery and start scratching on heaven. Come on, somebody. Visit me, God, with your salvation. Doesn't matter how you failed. Doesn't matter the big mistake you made. You who asked God to forgive you, he forgave you. Now ask him to visit you, he'll restore you back to the place. Well, that's shouting ground right there. your kid messed up and you had to, you had to discipline them? Yeah. Whoop, whoop their butt? Yeah. Send them to their room? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. To let them know, hey, that wasn't right? Yeah. But after that was done, yeah. come back to the table. Yeah. Pull on up here. Yeah, you can have dessert. Yeah. You in the family. Feel the Holy Ghost on that right there. Sit there and got off in some goofy career, went in, got this college degree, just wasted all that time. But then you had a visitation from God. I had 14 years drug addiction, alcoholism, just a crazy mess. But one visitation from God, he called me into the ministry two months. Two months. Thank you, Jesus. Two months after I was born again, he called me into ministry. You don't know nothing after two months, but God visited me with another audible voice, called me into ministry, and immediately I started teaching the word in the farmhouse. A visitation. I'm sitting in my farmhouse. God, how might this thing be? And my Bible is turning pages by itself. There'd be the answer. I've told you that here before. God, God. Holds the keys to acceleration. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Oh, yeah. 
He can take you from one massive failure, one massive setback, one massive uh, sickness, one massive debt, and just in a moment of visitation, bam! That's the God that slung the sun, moon, and stars. What is man that art mindful of him? God don't play fair. I see God don't play fair. The world out there puts you on parole. The world puts you on probation. Well, we'll see how you do, then we'll talk about it. Seventy-two hours in hell. Was our probation? Was our parole? And when he rose from the all hell came Jesus. He's a master at taking failures and making champions out. So quit disqualifying yourself. Boy, I hear you, God. You're one visitation away from destiny. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. You're one visitation away from destiny opening up its doors. He'll teach you. He'll put you in that place and then teach you. you. Because you know, there you are, you restored to this place. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. He likes, he likes that dependency. And then he helps you and he says, now shake it off and go out there in the boldness. Hallelujah. Sit down, sit down. Can y'all make all nine of these? Huh? Come on. <laughs> Number three, Psalm 65, verse nine. I got to loosen up here. You visit the earth and water it greatly. You enrich it with the wiv- river river of God. All right, all right, all right, all right now. Which is full. Full of water. You prepare some corn when you have so provided. So when God visits, there's an enriching. When God visits, there's an enriching. Number four. Put, put Ruth up there, chapter 1, and verse number 6. You remember the story about Ruth? Yes. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she heard in the country of Moab, oh my God, how the Lord had visited his people. 
and giving them bread. Now you got to understand. You got to understand. This is famine. This is famine. Ain't nobody got no bread. Remember what I told you about famine? Famine is not no eat. Famine is no reap. No eat is a result of no reap. So you don't have bread unless you reaped the wheat or whatever to make the bread. So when visitation comes, and we know bread represents revelation. When visitation comes, it's revelation that stops the famine. You can be in an individual famine. Like, you know, okay, you know, all right, we're making our rent. And we got gas to get back and forth now, but we really don't have that vacation. We don't really have the, the ability to do this or do that. And, and it seems like we stuck in a place. Here comes a visitation. That visitation bringing a revelation that just annihilates that famine. Y'all catching this? Should I stop? All right. Number five. Oh, Rabasata. Genesis 21. Oh, you better get ready for this. Genesis 21, verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did. No, you ain't getting this yet. She already had it. She already had the word that she was going to have a baby. But she couldn't get it. She, she, couldn't, she, she never could pull it in. Year after year, finally, you know, Hagar and Ishmael and all the attempts, she couldn't conceive. But then a visitation came. And when the visitation came, bam, conception came. You still ain't getting it. My greatest battle, gasoline. Gasoline. Out there on the farm, needed gasoline for our vehicles. Get our, the church we were going to were two counties away. And uh, we, we, we had... Uh, a 67 Cougar Mint chromed out engine. Alberta had this Corvair convertible Mint. 64, beautiful. Uh, then we had the smoking blazer and our farm truck. And all of them on empty. And I ran out of gas over and over. I've told you about the story. I've ran out of gas over and over and over and over again. Right? And $2 in gasoline will get us to church and back. So I finally got this revelation of $10. That if I just believe God, because God told me to believe for $10.
And so I thought, well, I need to leave God for $10 in gas. Now watch this. We're running out. I don't know how many times I ran out. I don't know how many times. I mean, we gave away everything. I don't know, I, I don't, I, I don't know how many times I ran out of gasoline. And my, and my mom actually brought a gallon of gas to me on the side of the road. And she said, how long are you going to keep doing this? I said, Mom, God ain't the problem. I am. You've heard the story about where God told me go lay hands on the blazer and it was on empty, right? And the, and, and the blazer started up and we drove it to church and back and so on and so forth, right? Yes, sir. But I remember the day I was praying and the Lord visited me. And he said, you will never, ever have to be concerned about gasoline again the rest of your life. Now watch this. Watch this. From that moment on, gasoline has never, ever been a factor. Watch this. You know, you ain't, you're, not, you're not catching this. I already knew that he said it in his word. I was already quoting it. He supplies all my needs. He preserves my going out and coming in from, from that time forth even forevermore. I already had the word on it. But here came the visitation. And once the visitation came, bam! Everything changed. It don't make no difference whether, I, whether uh, we're, we're in mom's infinity or my caddy or the little RV or the big RV. It ain't going to matter when I get my jet airplane. It ain't going to matter what. Whatever I need, gasoline is never in my head again. Why? I had a visitation. See? Some of y'all drove in here on empty. I'm glad you're here. See? Glad you're here. Praise the Lord. So when visitation comes, things that you struggled to conceive, even though you knew the word said it, bam! Happens. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said and the Lord did as he had said. Come on. Come on. He already said it. He already said it. He already said it. What brought it into manifestation was a visitation. The difference between our God and their gods. Ours is alive. He's mindful of us. He wants to visit us. He wants to be with his people. You see the power of visitation? Oh, yeah, you go visit your grandkids in another state. You don't go, you don't go there empty. Matter of fact, you bringing stuff to parents are like, would you not quit giving that to the kids? Why? Because you leave it. They're going to be listening to that toy going, bing, gong, ding, bing, gong, ding, bing, gong, ding. 
all day long. Be pulling the battery out of that thing. Luke chapter 7, come on. I got to get Pastor Jonathan out here so he can eat his prime rib. Luke 7. Y'all know the story about the funeral that Jesus messed up. The first word in funeral is fun. They're carrying that little boy out, and there's a widow. She already lost her husband. Right? And here's the only son. And we pick it up here, verse 13. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, What? What kind of, what kind of man of God is this? Right. If anybody got a right to cry, it's this woman. But if you want a visitation, you got to get past your dead situation and understand when you have a visitation, it's loaded with resurrection life power. Come on, somebody. Watch this. And he came and touched the buyer, and they said, and they, and they that bear him stood still, and he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. Uh -huh. And he delivered him to his mother, and there, there came a fear on all. And they glorified God, saying that a great prophet has risen up among us, and that God had visited his people. Come on, sir. Now, now, now watch this. I mentioned it earlier. But if God can get you to quit crying over your kids that don't want to have nothing to do with God and recognize that it's visitation time. I didn't have no preacher preaching to me. I didn't have no Christian knocking on my door. I didn't have no track that I was reading. But I had a mama. I had a mama. Come on. That said, great is the peace of my children. All my children are taught of the Lord. This is not how this thing ends up. I didn't raise you like this. this is not how this is going to happen. And a visitation came. When visitation comes, children that are dead to the things of God come alive. Hallelujah. I don't care how cracked out they are, how whatever they've done to themselves makes no difference. See? 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 You better get ready. 
Because when, when they get visited by God, they ain't going to be just this nice little Christian on the way to heaven. They're going to say, Mama! Daddy! Look what the Lord has done! Come on, let's go to church! No, no, honey, we don't go during the week. What do you mean you don't go during the week? What's wrong with you? Come on. We ought to be in church every night. What's happening? Work up. You better get ready. You better get ready. You better keep your fire burning. God didn't save you to throw the rest of your family to hell. We were on the island of uh, Bush and uh, in the Marshall Islands, outer island, no electricity, no water, no hotel, no air conditioning, no, 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 no restaurants, no nothing. And I'm, I'm teaching on faith. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. And they said, we'd like to have communion. I said, you want to have communion? They said, yeah. I said, well, have it any time? No, no, we can't do it unless, unless a minister gives it to us. So I didn't have time to go through all that. So they bring out one cup and one piece of bread. I'm taking communion first. husbandman must be first partaker of the fruit. <laughs> you better listen to me. I ain't preaching on the Holy Ghost. I'm not preaching on none of that. And from the back of the church, we're talking about they didn't have no walls, thatch, thatch roof open from the back of the church. All the way to the front. And as it started in the back, all the way up there, they all got baptized in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. A guy is out there underneath coconut tree. You can't see him. It's nighttime. He comes busting in the church. Tears streaming down his face. I don't know who he is. I, all I know is when I prayed for his wife 15 minutes earlier, she came up and said, let me get this right. Are you saying that whatsoever things I want in my life, that when I pray, I believe I receive them right now, and then God will bring them? I said, no, ma'am, I didn't say that. <laughs> Jesus said that. She said, I want my husband saved. I don't know that he's the island drunk. I don't know that he's the island terror, beats up everybody. 
I don't know that that's the guy out underneath that coconut tree, but we're experiencing a visitation. And he comes busting in the church, tears streaming down his face, come run up to me saying something, Marshall, I don't know what he's saying. To me, it looked like the service just got out of order. You know, it looked like, you know, we need to tackle this guy and throw him out. My interpreter, my interpreter's talking to him, and he, he's jabbering something. It's hard for him to talk. He's crying so much. And the interpreter says to me, Brother Philip, you remember the wife that wants her husband saved? This is him. He didn't hear the message. There's a visitation going on. Yeah. Folks, no more church as usual. Like Pastor Kim said, when you come in here, you better come in here just loaded, ready, just to bless God, whatever, whatever, however, whenever. You only, we only go around once in life. And, we, and, and, and we're, we're this end time generation. Let me finish this out. That was number what? Zechariah 10.3. Zechariah 10.3, please. My anger was kindled against the shepherds, and I punished the goats, for the Lord of hosts had visited his what? Flock, the house of Judah, and hath made them as his goodly horse in the battle. So God visits his flock, sheep, sheepish, and made them, not just like a horse, a horse for battle. There was a movie called War Horse. Horses were big time back during the Civil War and Revolutionary War and, and, and even further. Now you got tanks and motorized stuff. But horses, man, horses. Job talks about the horse, how the horse is not afraid of battle. He snorts and just, he's not moved by the glittering of the sword. He just, he paws the ground and just wants to get into battle. When God visits his flock... There is a warrior down inside of you. Our God is a man of war. And there is a warrior down inside of you. That he, in a visitation time, well, I'm not that way. I'm not bold like you are, Pastor Philip. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You just need, you just, you just need visitation. There are no spiritual birth defects. You got the same divine nature that I have. Right? But see, when God visits you, when he, he visited me one time, and I was drunk for 12 days. 12 straight days drunk. Now, I stayed drunk for 14 years with the devil. Right? I was drunk 
12, I don't know how I even made it to church. I don't know what I preached or how I preached. And after 12 days, I said, God, I can't take this anymore. Please lift it. Gone just like that. 12 days is a long time. You, you, get, you get hands laid on you and you're out on the power for, you know, a, a, a few minutes or maybe even longer. You may have experienced or whatever. Maybe you've had an encounter where you were pinned to the floor like I have and, and, you, you, and so on and so forth. Imagine 12 days. God just didn't do that to show that he's God and I'm just this little creature that he has. No, he was doing a work in me the whole time. See, why? Remember what I said. He wants to make you a visitation. He wants to visit you so that who you visit experiences, experiences God. Not, not your favorite uh, four spiritual laws that they need to hear as you're out there witnessing. <laughs> visit me, God. Number eight, Job 10, 12, please. We're almost done. And then we'll pick it up here t- tonight. You have granted me life and favor, and your visitation hath preserved my spirit. This is your destiny sealed. You ain't going to backslide. When you, when you have a visitation from God... It preserves your spirit. Are you, are you following? Why do we have meetings like this? Because there's a refreshing that comes. Come on. There's a refreshing that comes. Amen? And uh, there's words that come forth that are crucial for us to keep moving forward. But when a visitation comes, there's, I mean, it just, just totally... Take your spirit to this place of preservation. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Are are you following this? I'm in this thing to the end, not just saying it. See, visitations have that within it. Visit me with your salvation. Well, you've already been saved. But there are things that accompany salvation. See? Now, the last one. Genesis 50, in verse 24. Genesis 50, 24. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of the land unto the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. Next verse, please. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. Now watch this. Joseph knows that there's a time of visitation coming to God's people, and he doesn't want to be left out of the visitation, even though physically... He's not there. Uh, Rabasa, you better, you better. 
Now watch this. See, that great cloud of witnesses that are looking over the grandstands of heaven. Come on now. It says in Hebrews, they without us are not perfected. So Joseph says this. Look, God going to visit y'all. And when he does, don't leave me here. Take my bones. Now, you need to understand something about bones. Remember Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones? God said, prophesy to the bones. Remember that? And the bones started coming together. Bones are the structure of your physical being. You break a bone, your physical body cannot, if you break a bone in the leg, your physical body can't stand, can't walk right. It is the very structure of, the, of, of our physical bodies, the bone. So when God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones, he's saying prophesy to the structure. The structure's been disconnected. I got to get the structure connected again, fitly joined together again. And if I can get that to get together again, I can have an army. So when Joseph says, don't leave my bones here, he's saying the very structure of God that has held you up all the way through under Egyptian rule, God's going to visit you. And when he visits you, don't let the structure of what you learned be left behind. But take that structure with you so we don't have to restructure. Come on now. Don't, 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 don't remove the ancient landmarks that your fathers have set. Come on, we shouldn't have to relearn things. Come on, we're not going to let things die. When God visits his people, we're not going to say, oh, we just want a modern move of God, a seeker, user friendly. No, we're going to take. We're going to take what happened in Azusa Street. We're going to take what happened in the Welsh Revival. We're going to take what happened in Pensacola. We're going to take, come on. It wasn't all right, but some of it was right. And we're going to take the structure with us and give God something to build upon. Instead of having to reteach us. Again. They're watching. Yes, sir. I've sent you to reap. I've sent you to reap where other men have labored. Hello? Hello? Well, that's old Smith Wigglesworth. Them, them old saints, look at Catherine Coleman and... And and, 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 and and all that, you know, that's just back. No, 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 no. Carry them bones. Bring that structure. They had visitations. If there's one thing those saints knew, if there's one thing those saints knew was when God shows up with a visitation, all kinds of things happen. You talk about Joseph knowing about a visitation. He said seven years of plenty. 
seven years of famine. Come on now. Come on now. Right? And he understood the power of God in his life. When, when Potiphar's wife tried to get him to sin, he said, why should I do this and sin against God? He wasn't even talking about Potiphar. Why should I do this and, and sin against God? Come on now. And when he gets into that position, he knows the blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is on his life. And all of a sudden, he sees his brothers come in, and they're not under the blessing. They bring in money. They bring in money. Joseph looking at him like, what are you doing with the money? You trying to buy a blessing now? What's, what's happening? What's happening to, in his mind? What's happened? Do you have a father? Is he alive? What's, this, 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 is not, this is not what he learned. He, he, didn't learn, he didn't learn money was the way. He learned the blessing. He went to Laban. He, he saw how God blessed him. And now he's turning to money. What's the deal? So he takes the money, puts it in the sack, sends it back. Show it to dad. They get back there. All the money. What, what was happening there? Send, send double money back. What's happened to Jacob? See? You kidding me? The blessing had made him rich. And now he's trusting in his riches in the time of famine when Abraham trusted God in famine, where Isaac trusted God in famine. And Joseph realized, I never let go of the blessing. God's going to visit you. We're coming out of this mess. And don't let go of the structure. Don't let go of everything that's connected. See, everything your pastors have taught you, everything leadership is teaching you, everything, don't, don't, don't say, well, that, that was, you know, that was his opinion. I'm telling you tonight, tonight, we're going into 2020. We're going into 2020. And I'm telling you what, 20. You're going to see some things I ain't never shared before. See? But you have entered into prime time. Now listen. You, if you're in your righteous mind, as Pastor Jonathan said, should be wanting a visitation of God. My favorite times of prayer time after I've after I've prayed for all those that I'm covering, which includes y'all, and when I'm when 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 I've 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 said it all I'm gonna say and I'm just waiting upon God. I don't know how many countless times his hand comes on my back. He places his hand on me. And I'm telling you, when he touches me, 
it don't make no difference if I just did an RVN concert. It don't make no difference if I just preached a conference. It makes no difference when he touches me. Every fiber of my being. I feel like Superman. God just ain't got that for me. See? 2019. Year of visitation. See? You're going to know those things that pertain to your peace. Okay? All right, I know it's late, and we're going to be back in a few hours, and Pastor Johnson got to find his prime rib. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll break loose in here tonight, okay? Pastor Jonathan?